What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company, and I am so excited about Guy Talk. Let me tell you, I feel like this platform altogether, it just helps increase the, 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 the amount of greatness that can come out of a man when, you know, not just put in a situation, but just has an opinion on how he feels. You know, I think this is a great perspective for all men, um, even coming from a woman's angle and point of view. I feel like men have so much to say. So you guys stay tuned. I have a very special guest on the show tonight. His name is Mr. Joel Wilkerson out of Denton, Texas. And let me tell you, he's a great friend of mine, but I think he is a force to be working with, you know, um, when it comes to um, being an asset in the community and being an asset towards one another. Uh, in general. So you guys stay tuned for more Guy Talk with Virtuous Event Company. Peace out. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Event Company. This, okay, this is the Guy Talk that, you know, I'm glad I opened this platform up because I have been wanting to talk about this for a minute. Guys, I, I, I want to say this to you. Sorry. And if you're on the dating site and you have pictures, you know, and I'm just only saying this because it's important. If you really, really want to meet somebody, you know, your profile pictures tell a lot about who you are in general. But I guess my question is, is why do you need a picture of your mama? You know, one with your sister, one with your daughter, one with your halfway ex. And the pictures I be seeing half half pictures in there, they be cut off, they be exes in the pictures. And then, you know, you see the other half and you see, like, oh, okay, that, you can tell somebody else was in the picture. What else do I see in the picture? I see, I don't, I don't think a lot of women want to meet your mom right away. They may not want to meet your sister right away. They may not want to meet your kids right away. And I, I feel like if you're going to put yourself out there today, let the person, let the significant other, I'm not going to just say women, but let the, the person see you, you know, whether you travel, whether you read, whether you like to cook, whether you like to ride horses, whether you like to surf the internet, whatever it is that you like to do, I feel like your profile picture says everything. And the only reason why I'm saying this to men because I I noticed that more with men pictures because of course I'm a woman online looking at men pictures and so forth. But I noticed that uh, another thing I noticed too, man, if you're gonna take a picture, don't don't take no picture with with your ex, you know, and you don't cut off the picture. Because the female, no, you still, that, to me, that still states that you have some attachment, something going, something is going on. And you can sit there and say, you know, you not attached to that person or something ain't still going on. The devil is a liar. I feel that that is a lie. But anyways, you know, don't, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that's what it looked like to me. Another thing, what else is in the picture? I like the fact that you guys have your dogs in the picture, or whether you have a cat. I like that. I, that that shows that shows a sensitive side of you, um, because you know animals are very sensitive. Cats are very sensitive. Dogs are very sensitive. 
I do like that. But I wanted to just say that because, you know, I think that's important. You know, when when you're online dating and you have a profile picture and you have you really really want really want to meet someone, think about the pictures that you're putting up there. And also, too, man, I'm sorry, I just I had this illusion. Man, come on now. I know y'all can dress better than that. I done seen some of y'all. I'm like, what in the world? Y'all, and then some of y'all pictures is old. Go, get groomed. Go get yourself groomed before you take pictures. Go get your, get, 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 get dressed up. Just take a really nice picture dressed up. You got a suit, put it on. Show the woman something else. Because I know what it's like for you to... I know what a street boy look like. I know what a hat's, you know. If you ain't, if you used to wearing B-boy style clothing, put on a suit. But if you used to wearing a suit, show some more relaxed pictures. You know, and, and change it up. You know, some of y'all pictures look like y'all just got out of jail. <laughs> some, some of y'all pictures look like y'all just got out of jail. Some of y'all look like y'all in a halfway house. Some of y'all, you know, it's like... You put no thought to these pictures. And then when a woman meets you, she mad. She mad. Some pictures look better than others. I don't know. I've been fooled too. I'm just saying. But I just wanted to say, think about that. Think about your profile pictures when you get online date. I mean, they go for women too, but I'm talking to the guys because this is what I know this. So with that being said, this is your girl virtual receiving company with a little bit of guy talk. Peace out. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company, and I am so excited about Guy Talk. Let me tell you, I feel like this platform altogether, it just helps increase the, 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 the amount of greatness that can come out of a man when, you know, not just put in a situation, but just has an opinion on how he feels. You know, I think this is a great perspective for all men, um, even coming from a woman's angle and point of view. I feel like men have so much to say. So you guys stay tuned. I have a very special guest on the show tonight. His name is Mr. Joel Wilkerson out of Denton, Texas. And let me tell you, he's a great friend of mine, but I think he is a force to be reckoned with, you know, um, when it comes to um, being an asset in the community and being an asset towards one another uh, in general. So you guys stay tuned for more God Talk with Virtuous Event Company. Peace out. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company. I have just put out a new platform for men, you know, because everybody's like, girl, you got girl talk, but what about guy talk? You know, you don't say nothing for the men. Like, men have a voice, too. And, I, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I could do this. I could definitely do this. But none other than I, I have a special guest on the show tonight. Um, He's not the first guy that I've talked to that has joined the show, but he is a guy. His name is Mr. Theodore Rose Mosley. Let me get his name right. Theodore Mosley. He is a author. He is a chief um, secretary um, in California, Los Angeles, California, for the city. Um, he has just, we've been on a show before. He has given me, um, you know, has been a beam of light in my life, you know, just just a wonderful author, um, a poet, uh, a man of God, uh, a, you know, uh, 
all around husband, father, you name it. He is, he is definitely that. Um, I am just so enthused about having him on the show tonight. Um, I hope you guys enjoy, you know, I hope you guys get something out of this. <laughs> you know, it is definitely um, needed in this time. And, you know, our men have a voice as well, too. So we hope to capture that moment. We hope that we are able to um, put things in a different perspective so you may get something out of it. So none other than Mr. Theodore Mosley, you guys have a wonderful night. Peace out. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company. And today, let me tell y'all, the sun was out today. It was a beautiful day in Harlem. Pretty sure it's beautiful in Harlem, just as much as it was beautiful all the way in California. So that has further ado with my guests on tonight's uh, Guy Talk. So I've opened up a platform for men to express, to open up, to talk about, you know, different questions and topics and, you know, things that kind of concern them, you know. So, of course, I have the questions, I have the guests, but without further ado, I have a wonderful, um, amazing black uh African-American, we're going to say African-American, black, you know, you name it. Just an amazing uh, man on the other line, Mr. Theodore Mosley. How are you, Mr. Mosley? Hey, well, Miss Newton, how are you? I'm fabulous. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for anything more. How was your day? You know, my day was good. You know, after we had service on our conference call, mm -hmm. you know, everything. The only thing I was really upset about is my Giants lost again today. Uh, what? Uh, no, come on, yeah. Giants. Come on, Giants. Y'all got to get y'all life together because we don't have time for this. <laughs> we don't have time for this. We need we need a win. We need some wins. <laughs> well, well, you know, things happen. You know, maybe the next game they'll get back on the good foot and, you know, win a game. So who, they, who do they play next? I'm not sure. Um, I didn't bother to stick around because I knew they were going to lose the game, so I didn't want to watch them lose. <laughs> So I just it off. Hey, sounds like a plan to me. So well, let's get into our God talk because I've been asking my men friends and men that I know that I have, you know, uh, that I'm a, a, a connected with, let's say that, connected with. And I have just had these questions on my brain since, since the death of George, George Floyd and the other, you know, incidents that have taken place after that, you know, you would think after this situation, you know, people would lay low. But if still, we're still having an issue with being black in America. You know, we're African-American, we're black American, but we're still having an issue here. So this is my our topic of tonight is called being black in America. So my first question is, as a black man, how do you see the world? As a black man, I see this world full of hate because and you know what's so strange about it I wrote a poem a while back they love to hate us mm. I mean they hate us because in my opinion they hate themselves mm -hmm. and they want to be us but they can't mm. so they hate our culture for us for being so gifted and talented and instead of embracing us and try to understand our ways they try to cripple us mm -hmm. so I mean like I said, they love to hate us because of who we are. Natural born, gifted, talented people. Yeah, I feel that as well too, because you know, sometimes I'm questioning myself. I'm thinking like, 
God, how is this? How has this situation gone on for this many years with one group of people? That's I guess that's my question to God. Like, why has it gone on so long, and how do we stop it? You know, how do we get past that point where we're saying like, wow, we've allowed so many other uh, ethnics of people to come into the United States of America to be treated with more respect, with more dignity, with more character. But to have the African-American people who helped build this country slandered in blood, in sweat, in tears, in, in every area of the life, and, and to have to overcome that. It is very strange. It's, you know, that's, I guess that's my question to God is like, what do we do? You know, because we can march. We can cry, we can sing, we can protest, we can riot, we can burn down every building that's here. But how do we change that? How do we get to the point where it literally, it changes? How do we get to the point where it's a law? <laughs> how do we get to the point where it's a law? We, they make laws about everything. I mean everything. But they don't have a law against racism. But they tell you when you go get a job that this job does not... It doesn't have to do with your, your skin color, your, your background, where you came from. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yes, it's a, yes, it does, because now they have a such thing in your workplace called diversity, which doesn't make any sense, because my thing is, if I'm qualified for the job, hire me. Hire me. Exactly. But, you know, you look, that, look back down through the ages, mm -hmm. how we were slaves for what, over 400 years? Mm -hmm. How the Jews was be, trying to be exterminated for all of them years. Mm -hmm. But the Jews, they they rose up and they just about owned just about everything from New York to L.A. Mm -hmm. And, but see, there's always a set time for everything. Yeah. And we are, as a black nation, as a black culture, which we still have a long way to go, but we have come such a long way. Mm. I mean, we have more positions now than we ever did have. Yeah. We're able to, we not only have a seat at the table, we have them come to the table. Right, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just, you're right, where is the law against racism? Mm. There would never be a law against that because we have people that are, like you said, you go to a job interview and they say there's no discrimination, you know, all of that. But it all depends on who is sitting in that seat interviewing mm -hmm. you. Yes, indeed. I mean, that person that's interviewing you, they may not like black folks, but they work with a lot of black folks. Mm -hmm. So if they can do something to stop you from coming in that door, they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it all depends on about that person who's sitting in the seat of power. Yeah. I, I made a comment, or well, a matter of fact, I made a, you know, I made a video because you know I gotta, I, my two cents gotta smoke because I'm part of the Black Panther Party. My that's that's within my within my, that's in my blood. You know, that's my family. You know, I'm a Newton to the day I die, and all right now, <laughs> and it's so crazy because. Why is it not on the application? You got the application that says, are you a male, female, gay, straight, lesbian, bisexual, blah, 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 blah. 
But there's no question on there that asks you, are you a racist? I think they need to rewrite the application because, you know, my thing is, if you answer that, at least they know. But if you don't answer that, at least it's going to come to the light. <laughs> we'll find that one way or another. Yeah, but people are not going to be truthful. Of course not. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of folks that are racist, that are standing in your black face and talk so sweet and nice. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they get a chance, they're going to do something underhanded. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it really doesn't matter if that question is on there or not because... They don't want to be found out. Yeah. But it comes out. Because you know what's in the dark comes to the light. It'll come out one way or another. It, I mean, and that thing, that should be an automatic termination. If it come out, you got to go. Because it, it doesn't make sense that, you know, you have this high turnover rate. You have people going from job to job. But you look here in New York and nobody owns nothing. They own mm -hmm. Nothing. I, I've been to the Bronx. I've been to the Brooklyn. I've been to Staten Island. I've been everywhere. And nine, not even, yeah, 90% of the black people here don't own anything. They are working to make New York run. They're working to make New York run. But if they left... That's crazy. I mean, it's the craziest thing. And it's, it, you know, and I look at it, I'm thinking like, wow, why is the property so much? And why y'all got people in these little places paying this amount of money? And, you know, it just doesn't make it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I'm thinking like, how is it that, you know, I heard that young lady say, how is it that everybody else can play Monopoly? But time I get, a, I, I throw out the dice and it's time for me to go buy some property the tax is too high. The, you know, the property is way expensive, you know. And not only that, you know, you're going to charge me all this other money just to keep the place. And I'm thinking like, wow, this is bananas. It's true. It's crazy. You know, it I'm, is crazy. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go into my next question because I can get stirred up, Mr. Mosley. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that... <laughs> I'm going to keep calm because, you know, they ain't ready for me today. So my, my next question is, what, what things would you change? What would you change if you were in power or leadership and you had the authority to change something? What would you change? You know, local government, the people that are put in position as judges and and councilmen and all of that. Mm -hmm. You gotta you gotta start down there because mm -hmm. we have so many qualified brothers and sisters that need to be in those positions so when another brother or sister come in their door, they're able to to help them. Mm -hmm. They're able to bring them along. And because we can make a difference in our communities and when we start being able to make the decisions that help our communities, we can continue that on, and it's like having a legacy of when the next brother or sister comes along, they're in position to keep it going. Right. I would definitely change um, local local government. Yeah. Because local government, they have the power to do so much 
in your community. Mm. And our community is falling apart whereas, listen, I live here in San Diego. Well, I should say the suburbs of San Diego. Mm-hmm. And some places, I mean, the suburbs of San Diego are gorgeous, like a Chula Vista or Otay Ranch. I mean, gorgeous places. But when you go back to the old part of Chula Vista, it's like, man, yeah. it's run down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it just it starts with the local system, the yeah. local monopoly. You know, if you can get people in the right position on the local point, you can start making changes for your community. Right. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, I never, I, I, I look at it and I, you know, like I said, been, being here in New York and seeing, you know, they have huge number of homelessness. You know, but I was just watching this little, you know, snippet of uh, Tupac and saying, well, why, why don't the churches home the homeless people? You know, you got some of the churches, some of the churches, they hit for blocks. You know, they're huge. But you got homeless people on the street. Are they? What are they doing? They they take in money to keep the church, but you got all these people out on the street in the cold, in the cold. But you can't even have service yet because guess what? We're still dealing with COVID. We're still dealing with COVID, but you got people sleeping on the street. You can't even open your church. You know, and I, I'm not saying that's anything against the church, but I'm looking at all these big, beautiful churches. Beautiful. Gold ceilings, you know, gold handles, you know, whatever. But you still have a homeless problem. You still have poverty. You still have people who don't have ownership. You still have all these things. You're right. It needs to start in the judicial system. You know, the local government. You know, but as long as they hands stay in the pot, it, that could be difficult. Yes, it could be. And when this pandemic hit and folks was finding out that this thing was spreading left and right, mm-hmm. here in San Diego, what they did, and they had this beautiful convention downtown <laughs> where they be holding all kinds of events down there. You know what they did? They decided to take that convention and get all the homeless people and set them up in that building down there. I mean, this building is just immaculate. Wow. They got a lot of the homeless people off the street, but it took a pandemic. Yeah. To 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 take to get them. Yeah. That's the strangest thing I've ever heard of. It took a pandemic, but it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. And people can't say the United States of America don't have the money because they got the money. Oh, we got the money. We got the money. It's, it's, we it's like, yeah, but we want to ration it out. We want to we be particular about who we're getting into. Now here you're coming in, the end of the pandemic, people are unemployed, still can't get a job, but they're talking about a vaccine. So the money, like Chris Rock said, the money in the medicine. The money is in the medicine. If you don't know, now you know. The money in the medicine. Now you know. Now you know. So the money in the medicine, my thing is is that 
there you of course that makes sense to give everybody the vaccine so they people can go back to work understood but my thing is that based on the fact that it takes it's going to take for, for a minute for people to even get the vaccine for jobs to trust for you to go through the cdc regulation for you to go through HIPAA, before you go through all these compliances what are you going to do about the people who are still not working to me, you wait till the end of the year. <laughs> we going off subject, but you wait till the end of the year to want to help somebody. How does the news report people getting kicked out of homes? How do people? How does the news report? Oh, there's about to be an unemployment, but y'all still got y'all job. Y'all still got y'all job, so it ain't affecting you. You know, so I, I just look at that and I'm thinking like, wow. United States of America, where? wow, this is the American dream, wow, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's go ahead. Collective, what they going to do, you know, because just like they gave us those stimulus checks for $600 mm -hmm. per household or whatever, mm -hmm. they could have given out more. Mm -hmm. who, were, who determined that we could only use $600 per household? Mm -hmm. I mean... They could have given out a whole lot more. It doesn't cost them to Nothing. make money. Yeah, that's the problem. You know, I'm I'm still waiting on my reparation. They want to ration it out mm -hmm. to the folks. And like you said, folks are losing their homes. Mm -hmm. I mean, jobless rate has just been unbelievable. But yet still, they want to ration the money. Yeah. Instead of just saying, listen... We have to help the American people. Yeah, because they've helped us. We are the government. The people depend on us when things like this happen. Yeah. $600. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to cover some folks' rent for that Yeah, month. you're right. <laughs> yes, we're thankful to have it. Don't get us wrong. We're thankful to have $600. And if there's more people in the house, we're thankful to have $1,200. Right. But what happens when all of that runs out and you still don't have a job? Right. But my thing is, why would you even let it run out? <laughs> why? Why would you even yeah. get... Sending people who don't have health insurance, sending people into shock and depression and stress, you're sending them people into that. And, you know, it's already hard enough to go to the doctor. But you putting more, you adding more stress on people who cause this world to run. So you mean to tell me everybody went to college, it's 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 better for them. But for the people that didn't go to school, don't have an education, don't have that background, you mean to tell me they the ones have to struggle? No. Wow. Woo. We better get out to get out this summer, Mr. Moses, because my blood is boiling over here. <laughs> my blood is boiling. I mean, that's just like looking at us, looking at the black folks. I mean, yeah. that song Michael Jackson said, they don't care about us. I yeah. mean, if they didn't really have to do this, yeah. they would they, do it. They don't care about us, period. Yeah, but then when, when people start robbing the grocery stores, robbing the bank, you know, just going bonkers, because they, you know, they tired. You're gonna, you, they're gonna get something they didn't, they didn't wish for, you know. And I, I'm God this is my witness. We hope that don't happen. But I'm thinking like America, for you to be so great, you got a bad history. 
You got bad history. Yes. You got bad history. I mean, but the word tells us that the Lord said he won't hold against you if you steal to um to feed yourself. And mm-hmm. a lot of folks are out there trying to and they trying to just get the bare necessities like milk and yeah. eggs and toilet paper. Yeah. And I was looking at the news last week where they weren't doing that at some of the Badogas. But Dagas right. in New York. Right. Folks were coming in there. You know, they didn't have enough money. They didn't have no money at all. So they trying to get bare necessities so they can feed their family. And I was wondering about that. You know, I was wondering about that because every time I walked in the store, they was watching me. I'm thinking like, I come to this store all the time. Maybe twice a week if possible because I don't like packing my groceries. So I'm thinking like, what they watching me for? I was like, I know the crime rate can be a mess. But I'm thinking, like, really? I mean, I'm thinking, like, the government, you guys, I mean, I don't know if they're waiting to get Trump out the, ha- you know, out the house or what, but I'm thinking, like, for you guys to sit and wait at the last minute says a lot about who you are, you know? It just, you know, it's crazy because, like I said, that's how people are going to start reacting. You know, y'all thought y'all was going to have, you was going to have to board up and lock everything during the elections, what are you going to do if you don't, you don't have, these people don't have their bare necessities? And it's not just five or six people, but you got a multitude of people, you know, just like, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm just tired, mm-hmm. you know. Let's move on, Mr. Moses, because you know, go, yeah, you're right. They are. They're just like, you know what? I mean, I've I seen, you know, people just... I mean, you know, I'm here in New York, so people don't, they don't bite their tongues at all. But to to go out, yeah, to go out and see certain things is almost like they're, they're just restless. They're tired, you know, they're tired. And I know COVID was nothing that was expected, but I'm pretty sure somebody knew what was going on and, you know, didn't, didn't, and, and then somebody that was in a higher authority was like, no, nah, it ain't going to get that bad. <laughs> well, little did they know. Yeah. You know, they didn't, I mean, when you have incompetent folks leading you, mm-hmm. nothing good is going to come from that. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. So let's move on to our next question because, you know, we still <laughs> got off the subject. Do you, think being, uh-huh. do you think being black has its advantages? Advantages because as a black culture, we've seen how we can come together when something happens to one of us and we don't even know. Mm-hmm. We come together when times of of um, tragedy. We know how to come together as a culture. We know how to come together as a community, and that's an advantage for us. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, back in the days, back in the 60s and the 70s, every, I mean, black folks were so together back then that, I mean, like that phrase, it takes a village to raise a family. I mean, it was a village raising a family. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't matter if that was your child down the street or somebody else's child down the street. You was going to get it if they seen you doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. But see, we done left that era. Because of this new millennial thing with these new parents who don't want you touching their child. 
Or saying because nothing to them. That's not your child. Yeah. But being black in America, it is an advantage because we know how to do things. We know how to get things done. Right. We know how to come together and help one another. We know how to come together and just get things done like it's supposed to be. Right. But now the disadvantage of it is because of our blackness, because of our culture, white America don't understand us. Yeah, they claim they don't. I mean, they love our culture, but they don't understand our culture. Mm-hmm. They love us, but they hate us. But that goes to show like what we learn in school. You don't learn. I was about to cuss. You don't learn. You don't learn. <laughs> You don't learn, we don't even learn about black people in school. We don't. No, we don't. You, no, we don't. How, how, are other, how do you bring international students, excuse me, but how do you bring international people over here from a, to, from a country that, that, you know, to, another, to another country, but you don't even learn about black people? You're right, they know about our culture, but they don't know us. They don't want to get to know us either because if they wanted to get to know us, we have the things that we need. Mm-hmm. But we don't because they don't want to get to know us. Yeah. I've seen some commercials or something where they talk about black cultures, like how much they love our culture, yeah. but they can't stand us as yeah. a black mm-hmm. nation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we damned if we do it, damned if we don't. Yeah, which is sad, which is like, which is really sad. When I when I looked at, you know, when Prince Harry got married to Meghan Markle, I was just in disbelief because they had that black choir over there and over there. They was cutting up and they was people were looking like they was in distraught. They were just distraught because they had never been in the presence of that many black people probably in their lives. And if they did, they were only going to go visit to Africa. And we've seen it on TV. Yeah. They yeah. weren't exposed to it mm-hmm. right in their face. Yeah. You know, so when, when something is exposed to folks that have not been, you know, don't know anything about it, they yeah. don't know how to react. Yeah. Because it's like, man, they're in our face now. I mean, I've seen them on TV, but... They're standing right here, we see it all, mm-hmm. and we see how gifted and how talented they are, but how do I handle this? Yeah. Because sometimes they don't know, sometimes other cultures, and I'm not just going to say white people because there's, you know, white people are not the only people that, you know, we have issues with. But, you know, it's almost like I don't know what to say, you know. And my thing is, I think somebody needed to have a class on, you know, learning about black people. If you really want to know, if you really want to know, we holding class Monday through Friday. You can, you can just exactly. get, yeah, get in where you get, get black. Here, this is your, your class. Get black. You know, you, y'all got a class about everything else, but you don't have anything that teaches us about who we are. About why why we live, why we exist, what we've created, what we've done, what we not just what we own, but you have you have all these people out here, and not, not saying that the, there's not any greatness out here, but everybody's showboating their money, 
everybody's twerking, everybody showing how much money they got, everybody's showing whatever they done bought. You know, they just showing off. They just they just literally showing their asses, excuse my French, but they're literally showing their asses. And I'm thinking like, well, what are you doing to help? Are you how are you are you a pillar in the community? Are you really out here outreach, you know, in outreach community? You know, I understand you doing that, but what else have you done? I'm just going to... You know what, Sister Newton? Our black culture have changed the course of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, because what they said about hip-hop, what they said about yeah. um, the music that we presented to everything, that it wasn't going to be, and now you're having commercials with yeah. hip-hop songs. Mm-hmm. Now you're having even Congress people doing hip-hop songs and all yeah. that. I mean, we have changed the course of America. Yeah. But yet and still, we can't have what they have. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like we, we you know, you, you can't go to one city or a town and it's black-owned. You know, the judge is black, the sheriff is black. You know, you don't, you don't have that. I've been to some of the whitest, even the Indians, you know, uh, even Chinese, they have their own, but it's together. You know, it's actually their businesses, it's this, it's that. It's almost like we get a barbecue joint and it, it don't last for two years, you know? And then my thing is like, it, it, well, it don't, it, sometimes it don't because we, we struggle with ourselves. We struggle with one another, you know? But I'm going to go on to the next question because, you know, we, we can go, Mr. Mosley. Um, how important, <laughs> how important is it, is it to, for you to be the best you can be? You know what? That is so important because whatever the purpose is that I have been ordained to be, mm-hmm. and... It goes back to hearing people say, if, you, if you're going to be a janitor, be the best janitor because you will leave a mark on this world. If you're going to be an engineer, be the best engineer you're going to be. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a mayor, be the best mayor you're going to be. I mean, it's important to be the best that I can be. So when somebody else is coming behind me, yeah. seeing that, this person is really polished at what they are. They are really walking in a professionalist of what they are. They can see it and know that they can be just like that as well or even better. Amen. So by me being, for me to be important to be the best that I can be, there's always somebody else looking. So I have to be the best that I can be to be as important as I can be because I want the next person behind me, the next brother behind me, to see that he can get there as well. Right. So me being as important as I am, it's not just for me. Right. It's for the person that's coming behind me as well, just like the people that was in front of me. Mm. I'm standing on their shoulders, and after they're gone, the ones behind me, they can stand on my shoulders. Mm. So I have to be the best that I can be. I have to be, it has to be very important for me to be the best that I can be. Because it's not just for me to be the best that I can be. Amen. 
Amen. That was that served that deserves like four or five amens because we don't I think right now with people having their own platforms and wanting to start and do something for themselves, I'm pretty sure they're not doing it for themselves because somebody's gonna look up to that. Somebody's gonna say, you know what, wow, I didn't think of that, but I think that's amazing. I think this person is doing an absolute wonderful job. I think I looked at this person do this, 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 and that, whether male or female, and they took something from it. You know, they took they took a piece of it and said, you know what? Wow, I can do something with that. You know, and it's a hope. Exactly. You know, Jesse Jackson said, keep hope alive. We ain't got no choice. We, we really don't have a choice right now. Is that that's all that's been keeping us going. You know, um, so I just, you know, I want to ask this question. This is a, our last question. Does black lives matter to black people? And if so, what way? And the reason why I'm asking that question is because we, <laughs> if I see one more Black Lives Matter shirt to people who, you know, in, in the likeness of this question, who may not care about other black people or even their own family members or, you know, people that they see on the street or, you know, so forth. Because we, you, you have a culture of people who represent this, but the people that it matters to doesn't really matter to black people. Mm -hmm. Remember back in the days when we was wearing them shirts, it's a black thing, mm -hmm. you don't understand? Yeah. Well, and the white folks didn't like it at all because they, they just, because they didn't understand. Right. And it's the same thing now. Black lives matter. Black Lives Matter, because if it didn't matter to us as black folks, mm -hmm. it's not going to matter to anybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like I said, we are people, and you're right, there are some black folks that are out there wearing that shirt because to them it's just a slogan. Right. It's just a slogan. But to the but to the ones that are on the front line of doing this thing, the right. ones that are on the front line of putting their life on the line, mm -hmm. it matters not just to them, but it matters to their black culture. Amen. And, you know, we have so many, and you know what, sis? It's been a lot of black women yeah. on the front line of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And that's how you know it. It goes deep. Right. That's why you know because when a black woman stands in the front and say black lives matter, you know that thing is for real. You right. know that thing is moving behind it. Right. Because black women have been in the forefront for so long. Take Stacey Abrams. That sister has been on the front line of getting people, black folks out there to matter, I mean to vote. Like it was nobody's business. Yeah, because right. of her being a black woman, she knew what mattered to her. us. Yeah. And you know, because that's why I say we have so many gifted and talented black men and women out there. Because, like I said, if Black Lives Matters don't matter to us, who else? It's not going to matter to nobody else. Right. It has to matter to us. Right. It has to matter to us because our life matters. Right. Our black skin matters. 
they do it differently from you, but we're going to still get to the same point yeah. of where we need to be. Right. I think it's they... It, it, it's, I, go ahead, go ahead. You know, because we are the heartbeat of America. Mm-hmm. Black lives matter are the heartbeat of America. Because if it had not been for us, America wouldn't be the way it is now. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we built this country on our lives, on black lives. Yeah. We built this country. And they didn't care about our lives then. They just wanted to make sure it got built, whether we was on our last breath, standing on one leg, using one arm, as long as it got built by a black person. That's how it mattered. That's how Black Lives Matter, because we are the backbone. We're the heartbeat of America. Mm. Gifted and talented. Wow. Yeah. You know, and the reason why I brought that question up, because, you know, being a black woman and coming from a black family, and having to go undergone some things, you know, you know how people say family is your worst enemy, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, but we 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 will tear the church down. We will tear the church down to run and worship God, and you know, you know, give and serve, and and there's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong no. with that, but. I think my I think where where I come from in in my actuality of this question is because you know I, it, of course I understand that Black Lives Matter, but do they matter to the people that are close to you? Do we matter to one another? In in the likeness of saying, you know what, I need to treat my sister better. I need to respect my parents yeah. better. I need to, you know, I need to start showing a little bit of love. But that's what I said. We'll we'll tear the church down, grandma, auntie, sister's cousin, you know, so forth. But we soon as you know we get together, this 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 dysfunction. You know, I'm not saying that all families are perfect, right? Jealousy. Yeah, there's jealousy, envy. Oh, oh, she'll never make it. Or oh, not even that. Let let you have to go live with one of your black relatives. It's gonna be hell and high water. So I, that's where I'm putting that at. Because of course, yes, Black Lives Matter, and we can preach it to the mountaintop. But when Martin Luther King said he's seen a better day, he was talking about us. Yes. He was talking about us being that we matter to one another, not. Having other people where they matter, because once we matter to one another, we are forced to be reckoned with. You don't see them doing that to the Hispanic community. You don't see them doing that. Everything is in Spanish. Everything. And that's not saying that that's wrong with that, but you don't see them fighting the Spanish culture, the Indian culture, the Chinese culture. You don't see them doing that because they're they matter to one another in their within their own uh, background, within their own ethnicity. And I wish somebody would preach this because we can preach about wanting to have a, ha- a car, a house, more money, a better job. But how are we preaching? How are we putting love back into our families so that we can go out there and be and show love to one another? You know. 
if if we're gonna get to the other side, we gotta get to the other side just like the Israelites. They went, they was together. They were they literally were together. And I think that's what makes me ask this question is because I don't think we see it just yet. I don't think we see it just yet because we we do it within our own community. We do it within our own family. We do it within our own community. Let somebody get a car or let somebody get pregnant. Let somebody do this. You know, we're tearing each other down. You know, I think it starts with family because everything started home. Everything started home, you know, and that's the reason why I brought that question up because it had been on my spirit, had been on my mind. And I said, you know what? I want to get people's opinion on why does black lives matter? You know, because when it doesn't matter to the people, it's supposed to matter to it'll start rippling to the effect of it might not matter to anyone else. Yeah. Well, when something happens, but what about what if what, what if nothing is going on? What if nothing is taking place? Is it? Are we still going to matter? You know, I want to... Hey. You are so right. And I mean, we as a, a black family, like you, I mean, listen, we can... All right, put it like this. You live in an all-black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, all black neighborhood, and no matter where it's at in the United States, if somebody else, you see them coming along, another black family, are starting to do a little bit better than that next family, all of a sudden, <clears throat> that mentality of they think they're better than us. Mm-hmm. Only because they're starting to do a little bit more because they putting in a little bit more. They putting in a little bit more work. But now that they, the next family's seen this, they want to tear them down because they haven't seen them put in the work. Yeah. They've just seen the results of the work. Right. So now, jealousy, envy, mm-hmm. lies, that's going to start coming towards the family that's and put in the work to just try to get themselves a little bit better or even get out of where they're at. Right. <laughs> because, listen, I lived in the South Bronx. I lived in the, in the country. I mean, the country where when it got dark, you couldn't see in front of you. Mm. And once I moved to the South Bronx, I mean, I lived in the projects, in the hood. And I've seen folks where they were really robbing one another because of that mentality. Black Lives Matter, it didn't matter then hmm. because there were other black folks robbing other black folks. Mm-hmm. And when you try to do a little bit better, if everybody tried to strive for the same thing, because you, you got your lazy black folks, Mm. You got your black folks that are going to press on. You got your black folks that that's going to go beyond. Right. But the ones that are being lazy and don't want to go beyond, they're going to look at the ones that are do that yeah. are trying to do a little yeah. bit better. And it's going to be like who yeah. they think they are. Yeah. And so, I mean, I see what you're saying about Black Lives Matter. It doesn't really matter to the black folks. Yeah. 
but we all have to be on the same page or we all have to try to uplift one another no matter if I'm doing a little bit better than you are mm-hmm. or I'm just trying to go a little bit further than you are, we still supposed to uplift one another. And be supportive. Right. You know, I just, you know, I and felt... within the same family. Right. And that's where I was going with that because we could be in the same family and trying to make it you know, I think about when Katrina hit. Half the people in Texas didn't even bother with their people in Louisiana until that Katrina hit. Then they had to be bothered with them. I heard so many stories on how their family members kicked them out or they asked them to pay bills when they try, trying to get on their feet. They just lost everything. That's, why I be, that's, that's the whole point of me asking this question because I'm thinking like, you, when you're trying to get ahead and trying to do something, you got this other brother or sister over here dogging you. Just this that mentality. It's definitely that mentality. That's what I'm just like. That's just it strikes a nerve because I'm thinking like, well, I know you know I just lost my job. I know you know. I know you see me going through something. Why kick me down when I'm already there? You know. You know, I, I like when Marvin Gaye sang that song. You know, what's going on? What's going what? on? Mercy, mercy me. Yeah, what, what's going on? You know, here we are saying, you know, we, we preach this and we preach that, but has, has anything changed? Literally, has anything really ch- I'm sorry, but I'm about to start some trouble. Has anything really changed? <laughs> My God. Not too much has changed. Not much has changed. Thank you. Thank you. Because we don't learn. First of all, we don't learn about ourselves when we in school. You got all these rappers out here. All these people out here got billions of dollars. Millions and billions of dollars. But if you put a core curriculum in a black neighborhood and redirect the perspective of young children, and let them learn about their culture instead of white America and thinking that this is the American dream. That, that sister or brother might not want to go to college. They might want to start their own business or start going to a trade school or do this, that. But they, with, without the resources, without those options, <laughs> my God, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to mean to leave it alone, Mr. Moses, because I can go. I just want to, I'm so happy you took the time out. <laughs> Say it again. I know you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pipe down because, you know, ain't nobody asked me for my opinion, but, you know, I like to give it anyway. But I'm glad you joined me on God Talk. Right. And we, I'm pretty sure we're going to have many more. And I really appreciate your time and your effort and, you know, just your voice in general because, in general, because it matters. That's what matters to me as a black woman. When men are able to um, talk about how they feel when it comes to being themselves, you know, when it comes to being a black man, whether they're white, Chinese, Mexican, I don't, I don't care because you still have a voice, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes people are listening, sometimes they're not. But the fact that you took the time out to come on the show and to be a presence, I really appreciate that. And, you know, and hopefully, you know, we'll see some change one day, you know, hopefully we still live to see it. Oh, that's what's up. 
You could have had anybody. <laughs> well, that is true, but I figured that you are definitely a pillar in the community and a loving husband, and you care about your family. So I knew you had something inside that you know that needed to spring out. So that's what I'm definitely appreciative of. So with that being said, everybody, thank you so much for joining God Talk with my special guest, Mr. Theodore Mosley. You guys be easy, be blessed. Peace out. But, you know, like I was saying before, just being that beacon of light, you know, because you never know who's paying attention, who's watching, who may need that motivation. You know, because when I seen your page, I was like, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> hold on, wait a minute. Let me put some churches in it because I was like, oh. I know this is not Chris. I went to school with and hung out with. I know this is not. But we, I was just so thrilled to see that. And I know um, it's another young lady we we knew, uh, Janae. I want to say Stevens. Janae Stevens. Yes. Yes. I seen her. I was like, wait a minute. I know that's right. You know, I'm always rooting for everybody black. So I was like, this is what's up. This is what's up. And just to just to pull yourself out of way out of your comfort zone, you know. So we'll get started with this podcast, but then we'll go in. We'll 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 we'll, we'll fluctuate into that. We'll add some more things into it. So we'll kind of keep it free flowing because you know, like I said, we haven't like you said, we haven't talked in years. So we got a lot of catching up to do. Okay. So I'll do the introduction and then I'll bring you in. So hold on one minute. Let me pull my questions up because the computer not working. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company, and it has been a marvelous, when I say a marvelous Wednesday, I can say this. I can say, you know, the devil thought he was going to win today, but I had to let him know he he, he wasn't he wasn't going to take my joy. But I have more joy for you guys because I have a wonderful guest on the show, a childhood friend of mine, someone I've known for many years, and I'm just so ecstatic to have him on the show tonight, and it has just been an honor for him to to be a a huge amount of light, not just in the community where we come from, but in the community where he is. So no 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 further ado. So we have tonight Mr. Chris Williams on the show, and we're going to talk about we're going to get into some wellness. This is going to be for a Wellness Wednesday um, segment. So you guys pay attention, listen, and we'll flow with it. What's up, Mr. Williams? Hey, what's going on with it? Not much, nothing but I am so happy to have you on the show today. I am just so excited to see you in your line of work and you just being a, a black man, you know, just a, a raging force in in this day and world, you know, and just being out there and just saying, you know what, anything is possible. Just anything is possible. Anything is possible. So I want to go into this because this is our Wellness Wednesday, and I know that you are in. We, we want to get into what is what is it that you do. So can you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Uh, again, my name is uh, Chris Williams. I am an IFBB Pro bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do a lot of you know modeling, uh, whether it be on different online publications. Um, I do a lot of nutrition planning. Um, I also do uh, fitness examinations and uh, pretty much work out fitness programs for individuals that either want to gain muscle, lose weight. Um, so pretty much that's what I do. 
Okay, okay. Now I want to ask this question because I don't I don't think I have a muscle in my body right now. Like <laughs> all the walk, all the walking I do in New York, you would think I would build up some type of muscle somewhere. And it's it, it and it's not that I'm not motivated; it's just that I've been really lazy. So that's on me. But I want to ask this question: What's the most important aspect of training? I think that for anybody that wants not to to build just muscle, but to just get in shape. What do you think is the most uh, important aspect of training? I think the most important aspect of training is just movement in itself. Mm. A lot of people become stagnant because of their jobs or they become complacent because they're sedentary all mm. day. So when by the time they get home, they keep that same habit because it's we're creatures of habit. You know, humans are creatures mm. of habit, so we do the same thing over and over again. Okay. So if it were me, I would look at the most important aspect of training is, you know, be motivated every day to want to do something, some kind of movement, you know, even if it's in a park or if, if you're going to a, a fitness facility, just to be motivated to get moving. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at it from that direction, you don't have to necessarily focus on oh, what body part do I train today or, mm-hmm. you know, how do I do this? type of exercise because the fact that you're even there is a win in itself. Hey, well, hello. You know, so that's that's just that's just confident in, in, in itself because a lot of people just look at themselves, but they're looking at everybody else, and they're trying to figure out how how do I get there? How do I how do I get to that point? You know, and like you said, it's just movement, just being motivated right. to move. You know, right. I tell you right now, I got lazy bone. I got some lazy bone. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of it. I know I am. So another thing I want to ask as well, too, is how important is nutrients? Because, you know, people go on these yo-yo diets or they they got the keto diet. They got this. They got that. There's so many things out there. But how important is nutrients, in, you know, in, in this aspect? Um, If you looked at a chart and you had to rate everything and you said out of 100% how important is nutrition, Nutrition would be 70 to 80%, mm-hmm. and working out or doing your cardiovascular activity would be 20 to 30%. The reason being is because we eat more than we work out. So what you put in your mouth matters a lot more than what you're doing as far as being in the gym. Okay. Calories in doesn't always equal calories out. Mm. So nutrition is very, very important, especially if you're keeping a well-balanced diet. Um, that's the main thing that you want to do because just from eating certain types of foods and actually just drinking, you know, a, a, you know, 64 ounces of water a day can help you lose weight by okay. itself. Okay. So nutrition is very, very important. What do you do as far as nutrients and how do you go about your day? Um, as far as what I do for nutrition, I look at everything and I divide it up into three groups. I divide it up into proteins, carbs, and fats. And when I say that, most people say carbs, you talking about starches? And I'm like, nah, (laughs) I I guess, you know, with black people, we always think, you know, a carbohydrate could be like bread, you know, rice, potatoes, and it it is, it it is that, but the 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 thinking of it, the general thinking of it is that, is that you want to get in simple carbs, you know, not so much complex carbs. So you want to get in stuff like, you know, brown rice. You can do white rice. You can do oats. You can do red potato, white potato. You can do sweet potato. 
but again, it's not using butter, the things that are actually going to add bad saturated fat to it. You want to just keep it clean. Okay, okay. Now, with fats, you want to look at fats as, as far as like whole eggs, avocado, almonds, almond butter, macadamia nuts, macadamia oil, um, olive oil. Those are things that are healthy omega-3s. And healthy omega-3s are positive fats. And what they do is they dissolve bad fats that are in our bodies. Okay. Proteins, as far as, again, egg whites, whole eggs, chicken, fish, beef, those are different forms of protein. And they all have their own different digestion rates. So not everything that you put in your body is actually consumed the same way. So what you eat and when you eat it is very, very important. Right. Wow. And, you know, I, I, I because, you know, I'm a southern girl. I like my biscuits. And, you know, I like, <laughs> like my butter and my honey right. and, you know, so forth. And and I guess the main thing is pushing away from that, you know, things that we, you know, we, we like to indulge in, you know, because I know me, I've been a person who emotionally eats. And that's one thing I'm pushing myself away from because I know if I'm having some type of day, I'm like, okay, I need some ice cream. Or if I'm having right. some type of day, I need my gummy bears, you know. And right. you don't realize how, you know, long-term how that's going to affect your body when you're you're not as motivated to, to put yourself in the right aspect of, you know, working out or, a, right. you know, having your body in motion. I, I fell at that, Chris. Don't, don't judge me. <laughs> No, no, never that. But the one thing I want to do is I always want to let people know that we're creatures of what, you know, again, habit. So we normally eat the way our parents ate mm. and how their parents ate. So if you go to someone's food closet, it wouldn't be nothing, you know, back home to see pork yeah. and beans, yeah, you know, cans of corn, green beans, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Even stuff that my grandmother still eats. I'm like, do you go to the store and get fresh veggies? She's like, no, I get the canned stuff. And I'm like, why? It's packed with preservatives. But she doesn't mm-hmm. think that way. So if they're not educated, they're thinking, oh, I'm still getting my vegetables in. I'm getting my right. food groups in. But they're not mm-hmm. things that are actually helping your body. They're actually hurting your body. So yeah. the biggest thing is us knowing that there's ways to get educated. There's ways to understand you know, what foods are actually good for us, what are going to help us, um, and definitely what's going to help us as we get older so that we can maintain, you know, having healthy physiques and looking and feeling a certain way more importantly. So we want to cut out the foods that are going to have us have hypertension, high cholesterol, high Mm. blood pressure, and there are things that actually can help us, but we just got to get educated on it and not be afraid, again, kind of like how you said earlier, to step out on faith and say, you know what, this food may not taste the way I want it to taste, but I know what it's going to do for me. And if I add a little bit of good, take out a little bit of bad, maybe I can go a little bit further. Wow, 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 wow. That, you know what, you're stepping on my toes, Chris, you know, but it's motivating <laughs> It is. It's giving me some light at the end of this tunnel. I know. I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get it together because I bought a dress and I bought the dress too small, just so I can get in it. That's just my motivation. Right there. That's a good motivation. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my motivation right there. And that's for women. You know, we struggle in certain areas, but I think we we struggle in certain areas because, like you said, men and women, even in the black neighborhoods, you know, we we go about doing things the way our parents did. You know, and right. you know, and sometimes it's hard to get them to change or to see something different because they're used to that taste and they're used to 
the price of it and, you know, so forth. And that can be hazardous as well, too, you know, just thinking, well, I can afford this. But if you try this, you know, it could be, you know, not so costly as well, too. You know, I had... I, you know, I, I can see, I see that all the time. I'm here, I'm here down in the dirty South and I could just go in my dad's cabin and I see everything, you know, and I'm like, Dad, we don't need that. Uh-uh, Valencia, right. that's what I'm eating today. You're not going to tell me what I'm going right. to do. And I'm like, Dad, okay, Dad, never mind. I'm not going to argue with you, you know. Right. Um, and, I, and I think that, I think when it comes to that, it's almost like we're trying to retrain, you know, mm-hmm. our parents or our grandparents to eat differently than what they've done for 50, 60 years. And that's kind of hard to reprogram somebody that's already been programmed to move a certain way and eat a certain way. Honey, let me take that blue bell away from my dad and see what happens. It's going to be a whole fight. I'm gonna to, I, he's like, you touch that blue bell if you want to. I'm like, I'm sorry, dad, I won't touch it. I won't touch right, it. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, moving forward, why buy building? How did you get, how did you become, how did that become a lifestyle? You know what? I was in Los Angeles and right when I graduated from grad school, I left, I left UNLV and went to, went to LA, got a job downtown working for an arbitration firm. Mm. The absolute worst job in the world, people. You make a lot of money, but (laughs) it's not fun working with a group of lawyers that feel like they can disrespect you at any time. Well, well. you know, I worked downtown, I lived in Culver City, right next to Venice Beach, and every day when I got off work, I went to the beach and I saw people working out. And I kind of was like, you know, this is a lot different, everybody's working out, you go to restaurants, everybody's eating healthier foods in California, especially Southern California, and I started touching a little bit of weight. Um, And before I knew it, I had gained almost 40 pounds of clean body weight in one year. Oh, wow. And somebody came up to me and they were like, hey, you got incredible genetics. You think that you need to, won't you try bodybuilding? And of course, I was not interested. Um, But the more I did it, the more I saw my physique changing, the more motivated I got to feel like maybe I could go a little bit further and present a package that I thought would be necessary enough to get on stage and show it. Mm. I ain't mad at you. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm not mad. I ain't mad at you at all. I I I I wanna know because you you see black men in in so many areas in 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 when it comes to sports and bodybuilding and things like that. Are there a lot of black men in this in in this particular area? That there are. There are a lot of black men that are in the bodybuilding industry. And they have different levels of bodybuilding, you know, and okay. I think most of us, you know, we try to go for the gusto by doing what I do as far as full-on bodybuilding, but there's men's physique, there's men's classic physique, um, and what they do is that allows, you know, us to show what we have as far as genetics, and, you know, a lot of a lot of brothers and a lot of sisters are doing it too, just because we yeah. have the most incredible genetics that God has ever given a human being. Right. So with that being said, we can take what most other nationalities can do and we can expand on it a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And it's just a gift. It's a gift that God gave that we have to, you know, that we capitalize on. Mm, That's good. That's good. Y'all heard that? I know y'all heard that. Okay. So what are your future endeavors? Where do you see yourself? Um, right now, uh, 
especially due to COVID times. <laughs> Most of my stuff has been online as far as we are. We definitely are. But it's just, you know, doing a lot of online publications um, as far as, like, me getting back on stage. I had planned on doing it this year. Uh, then March came and everything got shut down. And the IFBB Pro League and the NPC Worldwide is still going, but I decided this year to take the year off and not mm-hmm. participate um, in any type of, you know, bodybuilding competitions. But next year I will be back on stage. Okay. We'll be going uh, to try to see what I can do uh, with that, as, as as well as increase on my business endeavors as far as, like, you know, having another facility that, that I have underneath me with health okay. and nutrition and just expanding on that. Okay, okay. Well, I'm gonna let you. What I'm gonna tell you what I see. I see you doing videos as well too. I I don't know why okay. I see that, but I definitely see videos and you networking with a lot of people as well too. Because people are so keen to their phones and they're keen to their their YouTube's and they're keen to you know so many things. And I can see that for you having your own platform in that area. I got chills. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I can see that. Um, so I want to ask this question and I always ask my, uh, you know, my, the people that I'm interviewing, I'm all tongue-tied tonight, um, who I'm interviewing, like, what truly motivates and inspires you? Is there anyone that you, you look up to or is any, you know, is it music or anything that kind of keeps you going? Um, what motivates me is, um, as you know, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a young little black kid from Denton, Texas, <laughs> um, and I would have never thought in a million years I'd be where I am right now. And the fact that God has given me the platform and the ability and the know-how to do what I'm doing that motivates me every day. I love the fact that I make my grandmother proud. I love the fact that I make my hometown proud, and it gives me the inspiration to say, you know what, just keep moving, just keep going, just keep making it happen. Um, one person that inspired me, and it's funny because you don't know exactly who this is. Oh, is, I do. Uh, you do. He 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 was <laughs> he was he was my role model growing up, and um, to this day, I still like being around him when I get a chance to see him. And he makes me feel good just being around him. And that's my cousin. Um, his name is Edward Williams. We all know him as Junebug. Hey. <laughs> and he 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 was literally everything for me growing up. I wanted to be everything that he was. I wanted to have the popularity that he had. I wanted to be as smart as he was. And he was like my go-to. He was he was everything that I wanted to be in an individual. And when I, I to this day I make sure and let him know that you know he was my role model and that he was everything that I wanted to be. Aww. Oh, oh, you! I brought a little tear to my eye. This is so sweet. I just I like that <laughs> that motive and you know like that don't have a problem speaking that, you know, and, and saying that to another man, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's. That's that's so courageous because you know sometimes men are afraid to say those things. But we won't we won't go there. We'll say that for man talk. You know when we get down to man talk because that's you know it's a, a different subject. Well, I am so thankful 
um, that we got a chance to share this time. And we're definitely going to do more talk and so forth, you know, going forward. And let people know where they can find you, you know, if they, you know, want to look you up. Okay. Um, on Instagram, those that are interested can find me at um, at Williams mm-hmm. Laban, L-A-B-A-N. And for those that want to know, that's my real first name. It's Laban <laughs> Christopher Williams. Um, on Facebook, it's just Laban Williams. Um, from there, I do also have um, something streaming right now with Precision Fitness Online. So okay. all you have to do is type in Precision Precision Fitness mm-hmm. and any kind of streaming uh, audio or visual uh, podcast will actually come up with me on them. But those okay. are the platforms that I'm on. Okay. Hey, well, y'all heard it from Mr. Williams himself, and he has given you a little bit of wellness Wednesday. So you go, you guys go out and follow him, look up this podcast, and you look up I Am Virtuous Diva, and we'll be showing this very soon. So we really appreciate you, Mr. Williams, for having you on. Thank you so much. May God continue to bless all your endeavors and everything that you put your hands to going forward and even in the next year. May it may it over exceed anything you've ever done. So thank you so much for joining the show. You guys have thank a great you night. For having me. All right. Hey girl, hey. This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company. Now let me tell you something. You know, I cracked my tablet. And I didn't mean to crack it. It's just that I fell asleep calling myself working and it fell off the bed. And now I was, you know, figure I'll go get it fixed. You know, I took it to a couple of places and they were telling me, oh, it's going to be this amount of money. I was like, I ain't paying that. So one guy tells me, oh, it'll be about $80. I was like, cool, you got it. Now, he knew he didn't have the piece, the part to fix the, the, uh, my tablet. He knew whoever he was going to take it to didn't have it either. So I was like, all right, cool. So then, instead of him calling me, I had to call his tail and ask him about my tablet, about my property. So I call him. He tells me, well, I text him. And he, because he was like, well, you can text me at this number, you know, yeah, whatever. So I text him. He going round and round. And he, I, then he finally, he pick, I finally pick up the phone to call him. He going round and round in the circle about, uh, oh, he couldn't find the piece and, I need to calm down. I'm like, I'm not even upset. I'm not even talking. I'm just asking you about my property. And if you can find a piece to get it fixed. So here we are going round and round and round and round and round around about this, about my property. So he says, well, you could just come pick it up. Well, I couldn't pick it up on Tuesday oh, because it was raining. It was pouring down rain. And I was like, I'm not walking over the way over there to get no, um, to get this tablet and it's raining. It ain't, I, it ain't, I'm not doing that. So then I go Wednesday and he, well, I text him. I said, are you going to be there? He says, yes, I'll be there between this time and this time, but I'm going to leave and come back and, you know, so forth. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm good with that. So then I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And 7 o'clock finally rolls around. So I was like, okay, where is he? And... He tell his, I guess his wife or his girlfriend, baby mom, whoever she was, walks in. And I didn't think nothing of it. I wasn't paying her any attention, nothing like that. 
So then he walks in with they two. Well, I tell her, I said, well, he said, instead of him calling me about my, my property, he tells me, he gets jiggy with me over the phone, like I owe him something. But I don't understand that about people who try to do businesses, that if you have a property, you're doing a service for somebody else, at least you can do is call them and let them know what's going on. The person shouldn't have to call you and ask you a thousand questions about what's going on with their property, you know, or whatever. So she was like, oh, he had to go pick up the kids and, you know, this and that. I was like, ma'am, they don't have nothing to do with me, you know. He could have said, hey, I'm running late. If I'm running a little bit late, just stay there. I'll be, I'll be there. That's common courtesy. So then he walks in with the kids. And I'm like, all right, cool, here you come, good. I'm gonna get my property and my money, I can go. So then he started yapping his mouth about something. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I'm sitting there looking like, well, he can't be talking to me. And all this time he was talking to me indirectly. I guess he was trying to let his wife know like, hey, she's just a customer, you know, this and that. Cause I was trying to read between the lines because then he said, well, if you don't have your ticket, and I was like, well, you didn't tell me I needed this ticket. And, you know, it's been like five days since you've had my property. And so he's talking crazy to me. And I was like, okay, sounds like they got a relationship issue. Man, if you're doing business and you know you have to do business with women, and you're married and you have kids and things like that, give your wife a reason to trust you. Because then you you give off this signal like there's a problem when there's really no problem. If your woman or your wife knows that you are in business and you have to deal with the public, don't give her no other reason to think otherwise because it's rude. You know, here it is, I'm just trying to get my tablet fixed. I'm not trying to bother nobody. I'm just trying to go on about my business, you know, and so forth. But I couldn't even barely do that because here it is. This man is giving me beef about something that belongs to me. And I'm like, what's going on? I just have to figure out, like, okay, maybe I need to start doing businesses, doing business elsewhere. Because when you try to do business in your neighborhood or things like that, it's it tends to be a little tacky because people start giving you a hard time when the, the, the issue is not you, it's them. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is this where we're going with this. So I just took my stuff. I, and, you know, before I left, I said, thank you. You know, I said, thank you very politely. I got ready to walk out. And he was like, madame, thank you very much. I was like, okay, you better give me my respect. That's what I was saying in my head. I didn't say it out loud because... His wife looked like she don't play that. And she looked like they done been through some stuff here and that, you know, whatever. But I was just trying to read between the lines. I didn't know how I picked that up, but I picked it up. So I'm just stating the fact and that, you know, I am not one to want to deal with that or be mindful the next time I do business somewhere. And if you can't fix my product, at least call me and let me know you can't fix it. That's it. That's all it took. All that other stuff could have been avoided. So, men, y'all be mindful when y'all here doing business with the public. Cause <clears throat> if you got a crazy wife at home, don't don't take that back home. Don't give her that grief 
and make her feel uncomfortable or disrespected because you don't know you act like you don't know how to do business elsewhere. All right, girls, y'all talk talk to y'all later. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Virtuous Diva and Company, and today is Tidbit Tuesday, and the news that I have is good news, but it is real, honey. So I was sitting at work, and I was scheming through, scamming through, not scheming, but scamming through a couple articles, just trying to figure out what I could find. Now, let me tell you, so I read in this article on Google that a man robs a bank before he gets married. Now, that's just too much to ask for. You mean to tell me you did not pay for the ring and you knew you wanted to marry this woman? You knew that this was probably supposed to be the most important day of her life. And you take it upon your stupid tail to get out here and rob a damn bank. So really and all... You weren't thinking of the consequences. You were more so thinking, oh, let me do this because I might not get caught. You, you knew your ass was going to get caught. You knew damn well something was going to happen. And you knew, doggone well, you wasn't going to get, you was not going to get, you wasn't going to get away with this. But my thing is, now, I don't know how long they were engaged. I don't know how long they knew each other. I don't even know how long the process was for him to even cough up the nerve to um, want to marry her. But he must, let me tell you, I'm going to look at it from this perspective. He must have loved her that much. But for you to go rob a bank for me and to to pay for something that you may not have been able to afford, you must really love this woman. You must have loved her dirty drawers, her stinky breath, her nasty hair, her four, five children, and everything that's above. Because, honey, ain't no way that's a lot of love. Or he procrastinated, and maybe he didn't want to get married up until that time. But my question is, is what, what makes you think you was going to rob a bank and get away with it? I, and then on, on the, another thing is, how in the hell? My thing is, is how much did you owe? How? <laughs> How much did you owe on the ring and for you to have to go rob a bank for you to figure out like, dang, man, I cannot pay this for this ring. I'm so sorry. I cannot pay for the ring. I love you, but I'm going to have to go and try to do something to get this ring. And you go rob a bank. You could have went and stole some clothes from JCPenney's, Dillard's, or any other one of them stores and at least, you know, sold the clothes and got something. You could have pawned y'all team. You could have done something. But I, we still don't know how much he owed on the ring. She must really wanted a fancy ring. You know, we didn't get all the details of why this man did this. But my question is always this. Why? Why would you stoop so far? to do something this crazy. But like I said before, he must have really loved her her everything. For you to go out here and rob, uh, try to, 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 to take something from a bank and you know damn well you ain't gonna get away with it. You gots to be a fool. You gots to be somebody crazy. But anyways, y'all check it out. It's on Google, um, you know, find it on your YouTube, whatever. But hey, I don't know how far your guys will go for love, but it wouldn't be me. I had to stop right now and be like, uh-uh, this ain't going to work. I don't think we should get married. 
But anyways, this your girl Virtuous Diva and Company with a little bit of tidbit Tuesday. So you guys be easy, keep it real, and stay tuned for more. What's up, ladies and gents? This is your girl Virtuous Diva and Company. Let me tell y'all. I'm not one to watch a lot of TV or um, I really like documentaries and, you know, different things like that. But I was on, I got off work last Thursday and um, I had a doctor's appointment and I get there and they tell me, oh, well, we changed your doctor appointment, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home because I'm not going back to work. So I'm just going to hang that up right now. And I get there and um, I mean, I get home and I'm chilling and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I get on Netflix and I'm flipping around, flipping around, saying, okay, I got to find something to watch. And then I realized Dave Chappelle has this new comedy, comedy show, and it's called Sticks and Stones. And let me tell y'all, I ain't never really been one to really listen to him. I used to watch his shows, like, off and on, because, like I said, I'm not really a TV person. And let me tell y'all, Dave, something wrong with Dave Chappelle, and I mean in a good way, because his funny, dry humor is hilarious like I had to literally get up and go to the bathroom a couple of times because I was like oh my god he put he put a lot of emphasis on what's going on in the world today because he know how effed up it is he know we all know how effed up it is but it's like we know it's effed up but what are we doing to literally change it and I'm using word literally like I don't know how to spell it and so he is explaining to us you know of course, like the, the death of the uh, the guy that traveled around the world. What is his name? Anthony, whatever his name is. And how he killed himself. And even though it's a comedy segment, people were laughing and this is that. But he was right. There were people that would kill to be in your shoes. And here it is that you would, you were, you were, in your mind, you were thinking of killing your own damn self. And my question is, what drug was he on? Because he had to been on something. It, that just don't make sense. But anyways, Dave Chappelle went in and he, he touched on a lot of topics. And he, he hit a lot of good viewpoints because, like I said, he know how effed up this world is. And he know how there are things that, 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 that could use a lot of change. You know, and then he touched on his wife and his kids and this and that. But... I believe everyone needs to watch this segment. I mean, I don't care if you're saved or if you, you just got saved or, you know, you're thinking about being saved and so forth. But I think you should watch it because there's a lot of stuff in there. And I know it's uh, uh, everything inappropriate and this is that. But I liked it. And I feel like he has done a tremendous job by bringing some things up. Some people are scared to say. I just feel like comedians are just they're so truthful but it's truthful to the fact that it's funny because this all stuff we was thinking and it took one person to get up here and have to say it so you know well so will be it but like i said you guys i know this is a little bit of uh of thriving thursday i commend david chappelle for a job well done and we hope to see more of his uh more of his um his comedy because it's needed in time now because the world is going through so much and it's going through this turmoil and things are happening and, you know, we need one another. And comedy is definitely needed in times such as now. We need, we need that just as much as we need prayer, you know. So 
I hope you guys get something out of the, the, the sticks and stones when you watch it. And maybe you don't. Hey, that's up to you. I'm not Dave Chappelle, but my name is Virtuous Diva Company. You guys, peace out. This is Thriving Thursday. Deuces.